Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. Today, I will be reading to you all uh, my chapter in The Great Pause, uh, which is a book that I was a part of, that I was fortunate to be invited to. And it's, uh, yeah, should be fun. Let me know what your thoughts are. Um, and I'll post a link to purchase the book. If you want autographed copies, please reach out to me. And would love to be of service to you all. So here we go. So chapter 12, sitting still with a guy diagnosed with ADHD with the name, nickname of Dudu Davidson. <laughs> that was my nickname uh, to give you context to a coaching program called Accomplishment Coaching that I was a part of. And um, so, yeah, so chapter 12 uh, by Davidson Hang. So as a guy... As someone who's always on the go, COVID-19 taught me to see the value in being able to take time for myself to rest and relax. I work at LinkedIn, volunteer for more than six different NGOs, streetwise partners, I mentor, Exploring Paths, Orphans Future Alliance, and many uh, one-off events. And overall, I would say uh, I live a very fulfilled life. I'm a social butterfly hosting many other events such as happy hours, fundraising, and I'm part of LinkedIn's wellness champions. Um, also on the board of Cheers for Charity, co-lead LinkedIn's Asian Alliance, Toastmasters at Microsoft and LinkedIn, and love attending all the meditation, mindfulness workshops, and leadership and development seminars. When others put time on my calendar, they say they have anxiety just looking at it. My mantra was sleep is for the week, and that people who said uh, we need seven or eight hours of sleep every day to be fully functional is a lie. I thrived on five to six hours of sleep every night and I was out to prove people wrong. Some of my favorite things to do and bucket list items revolve around traveling, meeting new people, hosting events, and being in large crowds like EDM events at festivals. These things source me. I've done enough personal development to know what gets me into a slow state and what doesn't. I once did a meditation all day retreat and it was the hardest thing in the world for me. My happy place is doing an eight hour Spartan beast up a mountain in Killington, Vermont or Mount Vernon. I was once told that I was the most extroverted person they've ever met in their lives. And I would agree. I've been to over a thousand networking events for BNI, which stands for Business Network International, through Toastmasters seminars and being an outside sales rep. I've taken advantage of many free high-end happy hours as possible. I've networked my way through my career and I've loved every single minute of it. In the accomplishment coaching training program, my constant restless, uh, restless state earned me the nickname of Doo Davidson. This program has taught me that the state of being is more valuable in many instances than the state of doing because it is who we are being that others see in ourselves. Now, now you understand the context. You can see why COVID-19 was extremely challenging for me. My world was flipped upside down. No more waking up at 5.30 a.m. to do CrossFit. No more going about my day conquering the world ahead of me. The beauty in this pandemic is that the scariest thing in the world for me is to do nothing and just sit at home. And it forced me to just do that, to do just that. I spent my entire life running away from home, living at everyone's homes but my own. And I'm not really sure why it's so hard for me to stay home. So imagine living 
well, I wrote three months at the time, but now it's been eight months. Now living, now imagine living eight months with another person's family when you value freedom, adventure, and exploration. What was I running away from? Was family really that bad? What about my mother and father could I not be with? When you have hundreds of hours sitting alone in your room, well, technically in my fiance's, well, now wife, parents' guest room, you find out a lot about yourself. And in giving yourself space, you learn more about yourself. I've learned more about myself and who I am in the past three months than any other three-month time period. When I sit in silence, I find peace and tranquility amidst the chaos. I find that I'm the sole person responsible for my life. I cannot blame the economy and society. What I've learned about myself and others is that whatever is coming up during this pandemic is actually what we've been running away from our whole lives. Was sitting in silence the worst thing in the world? Maybe for a guy who runs 20K every day, according to my fitness tracker, or someone who thrives on being able to see a thousand people at work and loving every minute of it. We are often attracted to what we perceive we did not get during our childhood and teenage years. For me, surrounding myself with ambitious go-getters was what I thought I did not get with my parents. In these moments, I start to realize how much my mom, yes, even my dad cared about us. Yeah, Yes, they were probably not the most financially res responsible people in the world, evidenced by the fact that we never owned a home uh, or house before, or that we moved around as much as we did. Uh, just to give you context, I moved around, I think, 26 different houses and homes, so not a lot of stability growing up. Was my father escaping reality or having to deal with unpaid loans? What, was I doing the same by ignoring the fact that my true love was right beside me? Why did I have to go out, conquer the world, make new friends, and add to my ridiculous LinkedIn connections count? One of, the, one of the most memorable moments during COVID was when I reached out to many of my good friends who are all really far away from each other. We started doing Zoom calls and my friend Jameson said, man, it took a pandemic for all of us to hang out again. They're all successful people as well, being nurses, pharmacists, and doctors in Philadelphia, the Bay Area, Southern California, and, and me living in New York City. I started calling my friends whom I was too busy to hang out with because I was busy saving the world, one immigrant, one high school, college student at a time. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'll still be able to, to volunteer and do many of the things I love to do, but I've never tapped into my creative juices as I am right now. I'm so proud of myself for, because the scariest thing was creating a video and re-watching re myself. The opportunities and blessings that I've seen um, that there's no barrier of distance now. I'm fortunate to work at LinkedIn in the Empire State Building where I work with some of the greatest minds in the world. There's a thousand of us at LinkedIn programming to stimulate any interest I have, whether it's learning something about social impact, diversity, inclusion, or belonging, or if I wanted to do a yoga class. We often strive to get promoted, sacrificing family time and getting back home at unreasonable hours. Those in the Northeast, United States especially can relate. Most of the days look like getting up at 5.30 a.m. and coming back home at 11 p.m. You would think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Honestly, I'm not even sure how my fiance puts up with me. There were so many days where she just said, I just want to be able to cook dinner with you or bake something together. 
can you include me in your plans or at least ask me when you commit to a 16-week volunteer commitment? We are finally starting to communicate with each other. Staying at home together for three months will do that to you. I'm finally starting to see the value of taking it easy. And family has always been a complicated topic for me. Growing up, I did not have my father most of my life. He just left one day without telling us why or how or what was happening. It traumatized me. And at the same time was probably the best thing that has ever happened to me. It's a complex question, but I do realize that if it wasn't for this time of isolation and my fiance and her family's risk tolerance, I don't think I would be still roaming around filling up, filling up my days with things to do just because it looks good on paper. I was able to pursue many of the passion projects that I was scared shitless to, to work on before. Working on a book is nerve wracking for someone who barely passed English, who've always scored very low in the verbal and written portions of the SAT and pretty much any standardized test. The only writing I had under my belt was as a sports editor in the school newspaper. I had started my YouTube channel and my podcast a few months ago, but was inconsistent. These have finally started to come into themselves after I was not, quote unquote, not allowed to go out anymore. Every time someone gave me feedback, I'd made excuses like, I don't have time to learn how to video edit or edit or edit my podcast. Those excuses no longer existed. When I was, when I sat with myself for hundreds of hours, I started to realize how glad I am that I wasn't born in Vietnam where maybe the opportunities are not as plentiful as being born in the U.S. I'm fortunate that my mother immigrated here as a refugee, escaping the Vietnam War. She told us every day growing up how lucky we were that I got more than one shoe or a pair of shoes, that I didn't have to work seven days a week. Growing up wasn't easy for us. I hated how much I had to work to pay for my extra expenses like going out with friends, while most of my friends didn't start working until after college. By the time college happened, I had over 10 jobs and many side hustles. Life was not fair. Why was I so unfortunate to have such a rough upbringing? Perhaps sitting alone in my own thoughts isn't so bad after all. Well, it led me here to writing this book to sharing with you all. What, free, what future do I dare to dream of? I dream of a workforce where managers do not need to micromanage us. They trust us. They trust that we are human adults and human beings are capable of succeeding without having to punch a clock or being having told what to do, how to be our best selves. I dream of a place where we do not have to watch the polar caps melt. What if humans actually related to each other as one instead of what religion, color, what school you went to or how your accent sounds, or if you believe in a different God? What if no one is right and that everyone's opinion matters the same? Not because you're a rich middle to late year white male who went to an Ivy League school or was born in America, the UK, or any European country. Man, these moments really allow us to appreciate walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. The day I can do that without having a mask, without having to avoid people like they have the plague or even worse, the coronavirus. New York City restaurants have been a have always been a highlight of my life and being lucky enough to have such amazing experience with so many loved ones, friends, coworkers, and family. Hiking mountains and being outdoors source me, sources me. Humans naturally from thousands of years of evolution want to explore and we are social creatures. The chances of survival were much higher when you're in your tribe. I get that we might not all share the same opinions, parents growing up and upbringing. 
I do know that humans are social beings at their core, and even people who claim they do not like like people are lying to themselves. They just don't want to admit that they actually really want to be loved and embraced. I was one of those people who had to meet people to see how this one person can benefit and add to my life. Upon reflection and time to myself, I realize that I'm not perfect and have so much more to experience in life. I'm grateful for this pandemic to help me realize that relationships matter and I've created a bucket list of places I want to travel and visit. I get to appreciate all of this so much more when it's all over and done with. About Davidson. Davidson is an account executive at LinkedIn Learning Solutions. He's a YouTuber, blogger, podcaster, public speaking motivation or coach and mentor. Davidson's life's purpose is to create curiosity, reflection, and abundance. He helps others see the humanity in themselves by helping people find a purposeful drive so that they are happy, fulfilled, and radiate joy. Passionate about social impact, making a difference, and helping others foster a sense of diversity, inclusion, and belonging, Davidson's goal in life is to be able to help others find peace. Davidson thanks his therapist, accomplishment coaching, landmark, and next level training for their healing work, which has helped him inspire and touch thousands of lives annually. My website is davidsonhang.com. And the quote that is quoted here is, what I've learned about myself and others is that whatever is coming up during this pandemic is actually what we've been running away from our whole lives. Davidson Hang, Manhattan, New York City, New York, New York, United States. Well, hope you enjoy that reading. Uh, shoot me a ping if you are interested in purchasing my book or if you want a signed copy, uh, please reach out. We'll love to uh, send you one your way. Cheers. Love you guys.